to another episode of Ice Time with your hosts, Matt Piscazzi and John Horton. Thank you again for listening yesterday, today, and tomorrow, and for all the continued support. Uh, definitely be sure to check us out on our socials, or, uh, Twitter, or X at Icetime9899. And if you'd like to get in touch with us, be sure to send us an email over at Icetime9899 at gmail.com. Uh, as per usual, this will be out Monday morning, and then we'll have another episode for you guys at the end of the week. But uh, yeah, I will uh, shoot it over to my buddy, and uh, very glad we were finally both in the studio. It's been a little while. I know John had a solo a uh, really good solo episode for you guys last episode i had one before that so uh it's nice we're here together recording and without further ado i will let my buddy john get us started on this one thank you very much for bringing us in here it is like you said very very nice to be back full strength here um you know have you been lately everything going well yeah can't complain can't complain i got my uh my licensure test is coming up next month so i'm just studying working playing it chill um it's like that weird period of the year though where it's like after the holidays and it's just like kind of dies down you know like there's really not too much going on um so yeah it's been it's been pretty chill but uh how you doing man pretty good myself you know just work and work and work and hanging out um I know we want to go skiing a little more, but then every time it it snows, then it rains, and then it snows, and then it rains, and then it's yeah, so it's a big mess. But um, oh my god, yeah, this weather's atrocious. It's actually raining right now. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's it atrocious. A little little weathery mix, and uh, prices going up is awesome. Yeah, you know, I I really try to not spend a lot every week, and then I look at my credit card. It's not like crazy, but I don't I don't know, man. It's just this economy, and it's just crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, no, I hear you, brother. Yeah, so we got a pretty good amount to talk about today here. Um, so I'll start with, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, this is a fun talking point because we talked about it um, beginning of this season. So the LA Kings have been on a little bit of a downturn uh, recently, and their head coach, Todd, uh, Todd Mc, uh, McClellan, uh, he has a quote here about a specific player. He says, oh boy. he has to be a difference maker. We've gone through this long enough, end quote. Now, this player, as of this season, 46 games played, 10 goals, 10 assists, 20 points, negative 15, plus minus, right? So 20 points, 46 games. That's what, uh, what, what kind of a liner do you think that is? Maybe like a third line player, perhaps? Um, negative oh, 15 yeah. is, and, is, is pretty good. And it's funny, I mean... And I know who it, this is too, it, and it's right? just so, so bad. It's so bad. <laughs> so this player just signed an eight-year, sixty-eight million dollar contract. Who do you think this is? It's our boy PLD. <clears throat> a little bit of a basket case. Pierre Luc Dubois is getting uh yeah, getting the heat for a good reason here, dude. Negative fifteen is like from a that's, top six. That's, that's so bad. Yeah, that's so bad. And I'm looking at the rest of their roster. Nobody else on this roster has lower than a negative seven. So it's not like this is some kind of like crazy, like, you know, their defense is just in shambles. Their goalie's not saving anything, right? Like, it, this is a problem. Like, when he's on the ice, they are, the other team is scoring more than he's scoring. Mm-hmm. And that's not okay. Like, 20 points in 46 games for a player of a contract on his level is, is bad. That is, 
That is depressing for an LA Kings fan. And you know what the best part about all this is? I am not surprised in the slightest. Every single person no, me either. that watches the NHL or knows about the NHL or just knows about this player saw this coming miles away. Yet, they still gave him that contract and you and me were like kind of surprised. And <laughs> Yeah. Here we go. No, it's... <laughs> dude, it's... We've seen this with multiple teams now, and the crazy thing is, like, okay, the the potential is there, the skill is there. Obviously, if, if it wasn't there, he wouldn't have this crazy contract. He wouldn't have been putting up points the past couple of years. But it's the it's the mental, it's the consistency, it's I think the relationships with the players and the coaches as well, and it just kind of it paints this really bad picture, honestly. Of you just look at him and you're just scratching your head, like, really? Like that's that's how you want to carry yourself? That's how you want to be remembered? Like that's how you want people to think about you? Like, if you know, you'd think with, with that level of skill and ability that he would be able to kind of pull himself out of the hole, but clearly it's uh, not working for him right now. He's struggling. And uh, yeah, also looking at his penalty minutes, dude, 32 penalty minutes, That's a lot. which, you know, it's not, it's not crazy high or anything like that. Of course, there, there's people with more on this team, but, you know, negative 15, 32 penalty minutes, 20 points in 46 games coming from players making the most money on your team. That's yeah, a joke. Like, or is he, I don't even know. I don't know if he's the most money, but I mean, I got, he, he's, he's, he's up there if he's not, you know what he, I mean? He's yeah. on offense. He's the second highest paid player under, uh, Kopitar, who's 36 years yeah, old. Yeah, figured. Um, and dude, he has 40 points in 46 games. I mean, Anze is amazing. Oh, he's, amazing. he's, he's always been an amazing player. Yeah. Also the crazy thing from him, and this is why he wins Lady Bings, uh, six penalty minutes this year. That's crazy. And that's in over 19 minutes. <laughs> that's crazy. On ice average game. That's crazy. Right. That, 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 that explains nuts. a lot. That explains, uh, Oh, I'm always thinking about what was, what was his name. I don't think he retired. Dustin Brown. He was always getting penalties on this team, right? Or uh, oh yeah, yeah. He was. Oh, God, yeah, I hated him. Um, so so well, the good thing here for the Kings, looking at cap friendly, is they um you know they have him on the eight year, eight point five million dollar deal, but there is no no move clause or no trade clause, and this brings me up. This brings up a question I I have for you, um, and then I'll I'll give my stance on it, um. Recently, the there was a bunch of articles written uh, for the New York Islanders and Lou Lamarillo. I mean, we always joke about. Obviously, Lou Lamarillo is a, a legendary hockey figure. He's been around since dinosaurs walked the earth. And um, but I I think we can all agree that he does have a little bit of a habit of handing out long term expensive no move no trade clause contracts, kind of like candy sometimes. And mm. you know that can hurt long term growth of a team. And, you know, articles like that kind of started certain debates. So I have my stance, but I'm curious what you think. Um, what, do you, what is your thought on no move clause and no trade clauses um, in, in terms of, like, do you think there's too much of them? Do you think they're good for the game? Do you think, you know, just like overall, like, what, what do you think about, mm. about them? It's interesting. I mean, there, so there's like a couple different ways to look at it, right? Like it. For a player who wants to stay somewhere long term, like if if they're gonna commit to that organization and say like I want to be here long term and and they believe in that player right and they want that player to be kind of a figure like this is something that I think if you're like a captain or if you're an assistant captain or say you're a young player who kind of really has that loyalty and you've played a couple of years somewhere and it's been clear that you're kind of a staple in that organization then I think it makes a lot of sense. But if you're one of these like free agents who's been in with a couple teams, uh, maybe even traded a couple times. I don't understand why there's so much pressure on these contracts and these players, like these organizations try and, and put those no move clauses in there. And as well, a lot of times the players get to pick certain teams that they say, like, I don't want to get moved there ever, which is also like, 
I understand that from the player's perspective, but it's also kind of messed up if you think about it. Like to sign a contract and say to the, and then you have the power to say to a team, hey, by the way, you're not moving me to X, Y, and Z. Like, I don't want to go to Florida. I don't want to go to, to Winnipeg. I don't want to go to Cal, you know, wh- whatever those teams are, right? Like, I don't want to go to Arizona is probably a popular one. But uh, yeah, I don't know. And I guess if you look at it from like an organizational standpoint, it, it makes sense, right? Like they want to lock that player in. But then it's also like a lot of times players can waive them anyway if, if it gets to a certain point. So I don't know. I mean, I don't know that they matter as much as they should is the thing. Like you say that, right? Like no move. They should never be able to move, right? But then they, they can waive it. So it's like, why, why even bother? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's, I, I get the players kind of getting like protected in that regard because theoretically the team can't just move them. They would have to agree to waive that will move clause. So I guess that's kind of like the stopgap, right? Like at that point, the player has a little bit more power, but then it handcuffs the organization. So either way you look at it, there's certainly pros and cons, but I just feel like it gets very confused and it kind of makes it harder for teams to move players. And it just, it makes those like contracts, like especially when players are getting older and you want to move those players, it makes it harder to move those guys. So I'm really not a fan of those clauses. Uh, like, you know, I, I think that they kind of just make things more difficult than they need to be. Also not for anything like these are, you, like look at other leagues uh, other sports leagues don't do that you know what i mean like mm-hmm. these are this is kind of something you see in hockey more than any other sports really and so it's just it's one of those things that i'm looking at and i'm just like why essentially so yeah i'm, I'm curious what you think about it, though i wonder if you're kind of in the same school of thought or not so my thought with them i think you i think you i like what you had to say about it my my overall thought with it like like, like i get you are a player you are in the league um, you want to have certain rights, you know, you want to have, uh, and you know, and sometimes it's a strategy like, Hey, I'll take a less, I'll take less of an annual average value for a no move and no trade clause. Okay, cool. My overall thought is I think they're stupid. I think they hurt the league tremendously because you, you see it pretty often. And it is like just a mental thing. You see players right before or close to when they need a contract, play the best of their life. They, you know, they, mm-hmm. they kick ass, they do everything they're expected to because they're trying to prove something for a contract. Then they get the contract and then they suck or their production drops. You know, not always the case, of course, but there are a lot of, you know, reasons for that. And then they also get the no move clause thrown into that. Like a prime example of that is Jonathan Huberdeau. I mean, he is just abysmal after the contract he got. I mean, he just shows like no effort. He just shows like no skill. And, you know, there's always... There's always these like, oh, well, he plays this certain type of game or he plays like that. So that's why it hurts him. It's like, I don't really care. You're making $10.5 million till, Mm. you know, 2030. And you also have a no move clause and you're just going to look like you could rather be doing something else on the ice or, oh, uh, we're not playing the formation that that helps me. You are a $10.5 million player. You are supposed to be generating the offense so everybody else plays around you. And, you know, he has like a no move clause until uh, 2029-30. And then he can list 12 teams he's willing to be traded to. So still, there's stipulations. So this organization yeah. is now handcuffed. And the other part of it, too, is it, it allows complacency, which I don't like. Um, oh, yeah. You know, if, if you had players locked into these expensive contracts, that's fine, right? You, you, get the, you get the amount you're worth. But if, there's these, if you don't have these stupid no-move or no-trade clauses, there's always that, you know fire under them because it's like you know if i start playing bad or if i have long stretches of like showing i don't care i could be gone and then the team it, it allows teams to retool easier and I, I think it's important so i i think no move and no trade clauses um are genuinely stupid i mean you know like the rangers have a 
uh, Blake Willard just for a year, it doesn't matter, like 800K. Um, and, you know, he, he's a little better here and there, but, you know, there are, you know, stretches where he's pretty abysmal and can barely skate on the ice. And he has a no trade clause. So, like, you know, I get it is only a year, but like you also, I think it also, um, there might be some part of a no move. So you can't even put him down into the AHL. So, like, it just locks teams into a lot of issues. And it will get into our Ranger talk in a little bit because there's a lot of players on yeah. this team that have no move clauses. Um, but yeah, so I generally overall think they're dumb. I think it hurts the league and it hurts franchises because um, you just get stuck in like that, like the Islanders could be stuck in that middle of the road hell for years mm-hmm. because they can't move anybody. You know, 100%. I mean, it's it does hurt the game. That That's why it's one of those really weird things where like this doesn't really exist in other sports. I mean, obviously the, the, it, there's always that option, right? Like I'm sure there are other players in other sports leagues where this has come up, but the fact that this is so prevalent in the NHL versus other sports leagues, it just doesn't really, it doesn't make a lot of sense. It, it really doesn't. I mean, I, like I said, I think it, there's a couple applications, but even at that, if, if that guy's committed to you and, and it's an organization, you're committed to that player. Why do you need to put a clause in there saying that? Why, right. why can you not? I mean, I know it's a business and you kind of whatever contracts and all that kind of stuff, all that legality and everything like that. But if it's your captain, if it's your assistant captain, if it's somebody that is a homegrown talent, right? They've been there for years and years and years. You really need to put in your contract. You can't go anywhere else. You, like you don't just trust that, you know, as an organization, like you can just say to that player, we are not going to move you. We want you here. You are a cornerstone of our organization. I don't know. Like does nobody trust any, anybody anymore. It was trust just forgotten or lost in this organization. I, I don't know. But yeah, I do have to agree. It really does hurt the game. And I, re- I really like what you had to say, kind of laying it out there. And honestly, they're kind of stupid. <laughs> I have to agree. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, no, it's, it's a good talking point. Unfortunately, they'll probably always be in the game. I, I doubt they'll be because, you know, they have the, um, oh yeah, yeah. NHL's Players Association that probably work those in. So they're, they're not going anywhere, which sucks. But, uh, yeah. So, mm-hmm. I mean, so I guess two, two quick things and then we'll move into our big, big talk here. Um, to stay within our time. Uh, so, yeah, so the Oilers. Wow. Chris Knobloch, uh, 16-game winning streak. They are tied for second now. Uh, longest is 17-game winning streak, which is done by the late 90s uh, Penguins, which I think, what's his name, was on there. Um, oh, like Lemieux? Yes. Is that the Lem- wow. Lem- only, only, yeah, only. I was going to say, that's got to be yeah. like the, the Lemieux Penguins, yeah. So, you know, early in the season when the Oilers were absolutely abysmal and people were laughing and pointing including us uh you know Connor McDavid said yeah. not, to, not, not to count him out and he was he was correct um but you know once again this team still has a lot to prove in terms of postseason success um but it is mm. nice to see them turn it around just as like a Connor McDavid fan myself um he definitely mm. needs at least one cup just one <laughs> under his belly if, if he never gets a cup with the type of player he is that's that is absolutely crazy. Um, yeah. Oh, and also Austin Matthews, first of 40 goals. I just want to throw in there, too. But, yeah, so what are your thoughts on mm. on uh, both of those? So I think the Oilers, the, the big key that we've been seeing recently, and, I mean, we talked about this ad nauseum, the goaltending. They're, they're actually finally getting good goaltending, and actually they've been getting some really good goaltendings as of late. Um, specifically, you know, if you look at some of their stats, uh, even – Right now, Stuart Skinner, given the beginning of the year he had, you might assume that even with, with this play he's had recently, that his save percentage would still be pretty bad. It's not. He's at a 91% save percentage, which isn't amazing, right? You're not going to win Vezina with that. But considering where he was in the beginning of the year and the fact that he literally, uh, he was sent out of the AHL, right? 
Um, no, that was I can't. Re- that no, was that was Campbell. Campbell. That, that was Campbell, Campbell, not him. Yeah, I know. I, I guess Skinner that's really But regardless, but regardless, yeah, exactly. Like he was not having a good year at all, and so to see him kind of bounce back, I think that's been a huge part of it. They've been getting consistent goaltending, and also I think, I mean, and we talked about it as well. McDavid's been back from injury for a long time now here, so he's been able to kind of get back in the game, get back in the flow. Uh, we're seeing, you know, full tilt Connor McDavid, and now he is sitting at six, 67 points in 43 games. I saw a crazy stat the other day, too. I, I wish I saved it. Something about, like, just in terms of, like, how many points he's had in, uh, you know, the last however many games or whatever, right? And without, you know, pulling that up, I'm looking at his last, uh, what is this, five games? He has one, two, three, four. Let's see, that's five. He's nine points in his last five games. I mean, come on. Like, mm-hmm. and if you, I mean, I'm sure if you extrapolate that out, like I said, that stat was, I think it was something like 30 something points in the past, like, I don't know, 12 games or something crazy like that. Um, it's just incredible. Really is incredible. We're seeing that MVP level uh, play from him finally. So yeah, uh, like I said, I think goaltending and McDavid kind of coming into his own as well as obviously defending is, is a part of the goaltending as well. But yeah, this, this organization, I think under Knobloch, it took them a little bit to stabilize, but it looks like they have stabilized. Obviously, they're 16 wins straight here, going for the record here. Uh, yeah, very impressive stuff. And it's also funny to note that they're still not even atop the Pacific. I mean, that is how That's low crazy. they were. And, right? And also how good their division is, though. I mean, the Canucks are still are sitting five points above them. Or actually, excuse me, the Knights are sitting five points above them. The Canucks are sitting 12 points above them. Uh, they also both have four and five games in hand on the Oilers. So I think the Oilers do have some space there to catch up. But yeah. Really, really impressive stuff. And then I don't even know that I really have to touch on the Matthew stuff. I mean, he's just been scoring at a rapid pace this year. Really not surprised that he's hit 41st. And uh, I think it's funny that in the beginning of the year, you were like kind of highlighting that, you know, McDavid might hit the 70 goals this year. <laughs> but if anybody, if anybody's going to do it, it looks like it's going to be Matthews. Obviously sitting here, you know, 40 goals in 46 games. So yeah, really, really impressive stuff from the two of them. And uh, you got to imagine that they're going to keep it running. You know what I mean? Yeah, I would. I would imagine too. Yeah, I know that I, that sucks. I was so wrong on that, but um, I guess it's. Well, he also got hurt though too. Like that really. That took the wind really out. His, yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. No, I I like what I like what you highlighted on that, and we're gonna see a lot more from them hopefully, and hopefully they don't blow a tire and just skid down the road. Um, oh my God, yeah. <laughs> but it's a good talking point. Um, okay, so I do have a funny thing I'll throw in here, and then we'll get into about uh about. Almost ten minutes or so about the Rangers uh, within mm. our time time slot here because it's going to be good yeah. stuff to uh, talk about. So I talked about this a little bit on the last one, so maybe you heard it, but I just need your live reaction to it. So and hopefully you haven't seen the picture. Mm. Nah, I feel like you might have, but it, it's creating the most uh, problematic NHL player, and it's like, oh yeah, yeah, dude. it's so yeah, it's so funny. It's uh, Jordan Bennington's temper, Jacob Truba's elbow, which just got him suspended two games. Um, yeah. so Mike Hoffman's wife, I didn't get that for the one leg. I don't, I don't, I don't know on the sharks. I don't know if you really got that one. No, I'm, I'm really not familiar with the situation surrounding Hoffman. I kind of forgot he was even playing. I mean, he's on the sharks right now. It's really yeah, kind of forgot he was yeah. kind of in the league. Um, yeah, it, that was one of the ones I was looking at and just kind of like scratching my head. Okay. Yeah. So I, I wasn't sure either. Um, Brad Martian slew foot. That one is legendary. We all know his. Yeah, uh, I hate Brad so much. Oh my god. Um, uh, Pat Maroon skating. That one's great. Um, oh my god. Yeah. John Klin- John Klinberg's defense, which is abysmal. Phil Kessel's diet's awesome. Um, and then Jonathan Huberdeau's work ethic is just that's perfect. That is such a perfect. Thing. Oh my god. Yeah. And then Alex Gal Good Gal Chinook's brain. I don't get that one either. 
I well, because he, he, I think he had a lot of like potential and skill, and then kind of you just see him make like dumb moves. I mean, I, I don't even know. I don't think he's in the NHL anymore. Actually, oh, okay, that makes sense. I think he's in Russia now. Actually, that's what it looked um, like. Yeah, he was thing, like yeah. he kind of got demoted to like a like a bottom six guy for a little while there, and I think he ended up just like going over to Russia eventually. Okay, so yeah, that that, that that's hilarious. I just had to throw that in there. Um, okay. <clears throat> Get comfy in my chair. Let me get ready. And get yeah, ready. Get ready. That's <laughs> here. So, here we go. I don't know if you can hear my chair creaking. That's so funny. So, the New York Rangers recently in the month of January has been a nightmare. Um, positive record mm. by one. You know, so the last twenty-five games that we've had to endure, the Rangers are thirteen, eleven, and one. Right. Um. Right. So, Filipino was supposed to come back after suffering his most likely fourth concussion, which is no joke. Um, yeah. He was on a optional morning skate with Zach Jones and Jake LeCision. Everything seemed fine. And it appeared that in a slight contact um, practice drill, whatever you w- will call it, he, he tripped over his stick or Jake LeCision's stick, one of the two, just fell to the ice and could not get up for five to seven minutes. Five to seven minutes, they say it's related to his prior injury, which is the concussion, on a mm-hmm. open optional skate with two other players on the ice. So imagine if he was in an NHL game. Um, oh my God, no. So it's just not happening. No, yeah. And so it is, it's heartbreaking. It is heartbreaking to see, you know, his health comes first, his life comes first. But, um, you know, some people don't want to count him out, this and that. I personally think this may be the end of the road for Filipino in the NHL, which is absolutely heartbreaking. And it is another first round pick that has not worked out for the New York Rangers. Not any fault of Filipinos. It's just Mm -hmm. some people's bodies are built stronger than others. And it's an absolute shame. And um, so with him on LTIR, the Rangers current cap space as of now is 5,237,500. Um, 21 of 23 roster size. So, the Rangers have been playing awful, right? Offensively, defensively, mm. and most notably, which is very painful, very painful to say, Igor Shesterkin has been absolutely, absolutely dreadful in just, in, in all, in all, in all, like, Fashion of the sense of just absolutely, absolutely dreadful. I mean, he can't stop a beach ball uh, at, at certain... Um, <laughs> trying to pull up... Sorry, I'm trying to pull up his... Um, the numbers here. Let me just... He, so, eye test-wise, yeah. he just seems unready. He seems, like, just shaky. He's getting beat over the glove, like, 20-plus times. Um, you know, so right now, in 32 games played... Um, he has 19 wins, 12 losses. Uh, he has a eight, a point eight nine nine save percentage. So he's below 900, which is awful. He's at a 2.86 goals against average, and um, you know your team is really only as good as your goaltender. And it's been tough. It's been really tough watching him struggle. You know, there's been a few games sprinkled in here and there where it was clearly the defense fault, letting him get lit up like point blank, high danger side. But oh my god, um, yeah. The recent game against the the Knights. He was probably 80% of the reason they lost that game. I mean, he was letting oh, yeah. shots after shots uh, on, like, you know, only, like, 
only like like I think it was only like almost ten shots, and he already let in like three goals. Um, yeah, oh my god, it's, it was, bad. It, it's bad. It's very bad. So a quick thing I'll poise to you, then we'll get into more of the team. Right now, Jonathan Quick is a ten four and two record, two point two point four three GAA, point nine one five save percentage, two shutouts. He's also seven wins away from being the number one American goaltender. Kind of crazy. Um, so I know we have the long break here. We have the you know the All Star break. I think obviously we come back to play the first game. You start Igor, and if he plays exactly like he's been playing, do you think Laviolette and the organization should give the crease more to Jonathan Quick until Igor pulls his head out of his ass and figures it out? Honestly, yeah, I, I do. I think that the right move would be to be a little more aggressive in terms of uh, goalie tandem, right? Like you'll see not, you know, typically you really only switch your goalies on like back-to-backs, right? Especially if you have a, st- a star goalie in net, right? Mm-hmm. Typically you only really switch your goalies on like back-to-backs and then maybe once every couple of weeks you give them like a night off uh, just to kind of let them rest and, and recoup, right? Like you don't want to overwork them. Um, I just think given... Earlier this season, he got hurt and everything like they were very conservative with him coming back. Came back and he honestly wasn't terrible, but we've seen this from him. We've seen this inconsistency. And for me, it's totally mental. It is 100% mental. It is an, it's a confidence issue, honestly. Oh, yeah. And uh, I really highlight uh, Steve Valaket. I got to give him the credit for, for kind of highlighting a lot of this stuff on MSG. He's done a really, really good job of this over the years. I, I love him as an analyst. I think he's one of the best analysts in sports in, in general, not even just hockey. But, uh, you know, he's a former goaltender, so he goes into this stuff, right? And the thing for, the thing for me with Igor is that those, go, those goals over the glove, are because he's not confidently coming out and attacking the puck. What they're, you know, kind of what you're supposed to do there to, to, to make that glove save, right? Shoot your glove up and out. You want to attack the puck. I mean, you can also like if it's coming at you so fast, you kind of have to just throw your glove up and, and kind of just let it hit you, right? But what we're seeing him do is drop the glove. He's dropping the glove and he's going down because he's he's almost going down to come back up, and that's a sign that he's really not um, he's not confident. He's not with it. He's not trusting his instincts, and that that's the important thing is that he's a wonderful goaltender. He has incredible talent. But when he doesn't have the confidence and his head isn't in the right, like the right headspace, we're seeing those very, very fundamental, like, you know, th- those are things that are like ingrained in you as a goaltender, right? Like you don't drop the glove. You know what I mean? When that, when that shot's coming, you're up and mm-hmm. ready. Your glove is up, right? And he's dropping the glove almost every single time because he's just not, he's not with the game. He, I don't know if, this, if it's moving too fast for him. I mean, you see these, these goals go by him and by the time he looks back at the puck in the net, it's already been in the net for like a second. It's like, Igor, it, it took you that long to see it go past you it's just it's it's honestly shocking so yeah i would not be surprised and i think that the organization should maybe give him more rests and honestly i hate that he's playing in this freaking all-star game weekend yeah, whatever it's no going to look like because like he needs to i know he got voted in at the time he had much better stats and it's also given like his history and everything like that also panarin didn't want to go um with the you know they're waiting on a kid and everything like that so i get that but it's so bad because he needs the break he needs to just sit on his couch and do nothing and he can't. So he does. I think he's been a big part of us losing games. And then um, I guess I'll, I'll transition here into some of the other Rangers stuff um, that's also not helping our case. Uh, injuries. I know we've, we've highlighted a lot of injuries, but uh, now Lindgren is hurt. When is he not hurt? I, I think he'll probably be back after the break. I mean, it is nice that we do have this break coming up. Uh, hopefully a lot of these guys can kind of maybe get their headspace, right? I mean, this has been really hard to watch, honestly. But uh, yeah, Lingren's hurt. Truba's got another game that he will be out, of course, with the suspension for his uh, wonderful elbow that he has there. Uh, like you highlighted, Phil's probably not coming back. Uh, this is just really, really tough to watch. Um, and I think leads me to and like just just scratch my head. You know what I mean? And yeah, yeah. I'm curious no, kind of what 
what you're what you're thinking. You know what I mean about this whole situation? Uh, excuse me. Yeah. No. It. it uh, you know, I think with Igor, it's very concerning because we want to make a playoff push with this team and this. <clears throat> excuse me, with this new coaching staff. But if he's going to be downright horrendous like this, um, mentally, how can we make a push like that? And um, I didn't realize he's 28. That's kind of crazy. But uh, not that that's old. But um, <clears throat> I don't know. You know, I I get it's mental, but at what point do you pull your head out of your ass and stop stop acting the way you're doing? I, I guess maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe Benoit Lair, Laviolette, Jonathan Quick, they all get in a room together and they say, listen, Igor, um, you know, you've been the king of the crease for so long and, you know, we, we, we know that you're the guy, but you're not showing it. You're not showing us that you have the confidence and the ability to lead this team to victory. So we're going to mm-hmm. give it to Quick until you figure your shit out. And you just got to be, yeah. you just got to be rough with him. You got to be like, listen, get your shit together. And then the crease is yours. But till then, we need to win games, and we can't keep playing like this. Mm-hmm. And you know, another aspect of uh, is you know, I, you know, I've never been a massive Jacob Trouba fan, and he's been okay this season. Like he started off good, then he you know he's kind of defensively whatever. Um, mm-hmm. I have seen a lack of his captaincy. I did air quotes when I said that in this twenty-five game miserable stretch. Um, you know, the game that we they just won against Ottawa Senators, you saw the spark was a fight. Take, you know, taking on the other captain from the AHL or Mackey, um, and you know it sparked the team, and they and they started winning. Now, of course, there's also uh, four alternate captains and Panarin, Zibanejad, Kreider, and Goodrow, so you know they need to help out us too, and they haven't. So I think the biggest issue with the team, uh, so I think it starts with Igor struggling, and you can't like you know you can't buy a save, and it's you know deflating. Oh, okay, we just let in two goals, like you know it's tough to come back from that. But then on top of that. I don't see Truba yelling on the bench. I don't see him, you know, throwing on this big hit or getting in a fight or like trying to motivate the team like he did last year when there was that problem. I just haven't seen him do that. And then he gets suspended for, I don't know. I mean, yeah, he elbowed the guy in the head, but it wasn't really, it was more just going for the puck, but whatever. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I need to see more from Jacob Truba and the other captains because what what the hell is like, you're just going to lose like that and just not care. I've, I was never happy when he was made captain. I get the players voted on it, but I don't know. It just doesn't make sense. And, and you see everybody, too. They're like, oh, if, if this season is a failure, right? If this season doesn't work out and it's the same issue three years in a row with the mental weakness and the captaincy, we need to retool. How? Artemi Panarin has a no-move clause, and you're not going to move him. He's 90% of our goddamn offense. Mika Zibanejad has a no-move clause. Chris Kreider has a no-move clause. Vincent Trocek has a no-move clause, and he's fine. Barkley Goodrow has a modified no-trade clause. And Truba has a no-move clause. So what do you, how are you going to... The only people you can fix are the bottom six players and some of the, the young draft picks that are A, bus territory like Kako, and, and B, you have Ryan Lindgren who needs to be signed. And I love Ryan Lindgren. He's on a $3 million deal right now. But the way he plays hockey is not sustainable. He gets injured so often because he wants to play that old-school gritty hockey, which is fine and great, but he's putting his body on the line too often that you can't... Give him this mm-hmm. massive contract. Braden Schneider needs a contract. He's coming off his entry level, and you know he's been iffy at times. So you have to sign him. Um, so what are you what are you going to do? How are you going to reach? I agree that if this core yeah. continuously can't get it done, a retool would have to work because our rebuild was pretty much a failure. It, it wasn't really a rebuild; it was a retool. Ninety percent of our draft picks were busts and sucked and got traded away. And it was more mm. so the retool that got us into the team that we are now. So. How are you going to retool when these guys can't be moved? 
and all you can trade is no, literally. You know, so I, I don't get it. I don't know. It just needs more from the captaincy. I don't know how you feel. Yeah, I think the big thing, and and we were actually talking about this a little bit um, before we recorded. You had highlighted it. The physical play isn't there. That that's a huge part of when we're when we're playing good hockey. We're physical. We're on the body. We're on the stick. Uh, you look at a guy like Will Cooley, and it, what we need is twelve Will Cooleys on offense and seven on defense. And in that, we need Will Cooley everywhere. He genuinely looks like. I mean, and also you could make a case for our fourth line because they've actually been really solid. But every single time the kid touches the ice. He is fast. He plays hard. He doesn't stop. He hits. He gets on the sticks. He plays clean. Elbows down. We're seeing him also put up a couple points here. He's scoring some goals. He's creating opportunities. Can we just get more Will Coolies? I mean, why mm-hmm. is why is he playing with more heart and spirit than anybody else on this roster? How I mean, what he's twenty three. I I don't even I can't even think what he's he's got to be. He's twenty one. We have a twenty one year old who's playing with more heart. Than people that are making millions of dollars and are cornerstones of our organization. That is atrocious. I, I mean, like you can hear it in my voice and I could hear it in your voice. Like we are just so frustrated just watching this core over and over again, put their heads down and skulk. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at a guy like Foxy who just throws his hands up in the air and is visibly like, oh, what am I going to do? And it's like, so what are you going to do? Play better. What are you going to do? Get on the stick, get on the body, get on the hands, play hard skate fast make those hits like make those plays i mean what do you mean what are you gonna do you're throwing your hands up in the air show us on the ice mm-hmm. like i uh i don't expect that it's from just Fox it's, it's so frustrating it's surprising that he no that. i'm like what the it hell? is it is it's terrible to see that and you know he's really the only guy that you kind of see that from i think a lot of the guys you just see them get deflated the mika, mika the, the writers are so bad with that oh, oh it's dude God. and i know i know they're best friends i know that they're i mean i love them right we love them as players i mean we've seen them for years they're good they're great hockey players but where's the drive? Where's the passion? Where's the energy? I just, it's in, it's unbelievable. It's unfathomable to me. And it's, it's just incredibly frustrating. And uh, I mean, we need this break. We do. We need this break. And these guys need to, you know what they need? They need like a locker room. Like they need one of those like closed locker room kind of meetings. And they just need to like yell at each other. I, I don't know. That too. I think they really that's just the need to thing. like, I was just like start where's like, getting, the... at, getting at each other. Exactly. That's another thing. My issue with Jacob Gruber, where's the players only meeting? Where's the, the, they just, it just, it's not there. I get he just had a kid, yeah. maybe his mind's elsewhere, but like, come on. Like, oh my God. It's just so frustrating. I and, know. and if it's another, if it's another exit or miss playoff or whatever of the case, I just don't think this core is going to get it done. And then it's just going to be no. another nightmare of trying to get them to waive their no move clause, which they probably won't. And then, um, retooling and, and how. Like, what other team has given up yeah. players? Everybody's signed to long-term deals. So, and if Igor doesn't pull his head out of his ass, we're screwed. We are absolutely screwed. I hope he, I hope he figures something out. I hope he does what Nathan McKinnon did, went to, like, a sports psychologist, and now look at Nathan McKinnon. He's freaking electric, probably art trophy Oh, my this God, year. yeah. So. Actually, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was years ago he did that, but still, like, you know, Igor needs to, like, stop doing that. They, stop, they need to stop this deflated nonsense. You're grown men <laughs> on, a, on a national hockey team. Come on, God. Um. Anyway. Yeah, I, I think with that we'll we'll move on because yeah, I know me and you could go go going, but uh, and and this is gonna come up, I'm sure, because this is very relevant, of course. But uh, yeah, I think I mean I'll, I'll just run my light the lamp real quick because yeah. um, nothing crazy, of course. I actually haven't even gotten an opportunity to watch a lot of games uh this weekend, in particular past few days have been pretty busy. So I did find a really nice one though from Dmitry Orlov, and it's just a top cheddar snipe for me, really. So he's coming, he's coming in from the left side. Gets a really nice drop pass from one of his teammates. And as he's, it's like one of those like angles where you're like, he's shooting this. 
and uh, literally just snipes it far side, top corner cheddar right over the um, right over the glove. Goalie had absolutely no chance. I mean, it was one of those shots that you was in the net before you even knew that it left a stick kind of thing. So yeah, just a uh, really really impressive accuracy on that shot, and that, mm, that's why I had, uh, nice had that one. one. Yeah, yeah, mine's the um, the classic that we need to see more of consistently all the time. Uh, the Chris Kreider goal where he skated max speed got it t- and snipe top top right shelf i mean goaltender probably should have yeah. saved that but whew, beautiful beautiful yeah shot. it's a chris carter special right there yeah all right uh quick mystery monday i guess so my yeah, mystery sure. monday is will the all-star game be fun because it has not been fun in past years and now there's yeah. a new format with skills and money and maybe more goofiness so uh yeah that's mine i just i want it to be fun i want it to be interesting i don't want it i to really suck. do yeah it's funny because mine's literally the same thing it's literally just how is this going to look um so that they have the draft on thursday i guess they're gonna um draft the different teams I'm, I'm not really sure how they're doing it i think there's four teams and each captain is partnered with a celebrity for some reason i, I wasn't getting that honestly I, i'm not really going to understand this until i see it on thursday if i'm being honest so yeah that'll definitely be interesting to watch um Honestly, I think this is just like a giant PR stunt. I don't know that yeah, it's going to be fun yeah. to watch. Uh, I mean, dude, the jerseys are atrocious. I don't want to oh see God, them anywhere near ice. That, yeah. Well, because they had they got Justin Bieber in some random fashion designer you've never heard of to design the jerseys because they want you know they want to be cool and fresh and hip. And it's like, why they yeah. look awful? They like do. who? What what clothes is that guy designing? That designer, whatever his name is, I don't even forgot. It's in it's in my it's out of my head already. Yeah. Who is he? And what is he designing if his jerseys look like that? I mean, not for anything, but who's buying his clothes? I don't know. I'm not some fashionista, but whatever. I, we already talked about that. But yeah, I, I hope the All-Star Game's fun and uh, definitely give us something to talk about for sure. Yeah, I think it will be good. <sighs> um, I guess I'll just, uh, yeah, I'll just close out and I'll shoot over to you. But uh, really good episode here. I know we went over a little bit, but uh, we are very passionate. And of course, the Rangers have been giving us a lot to talk about recently. Wish it was better stuff to talk about. But of course, we have this break coming up here. Uh, so yeah, hopefully they can kind of get their head right, and then we'll see them come back from the All Star break uh, much better here. But uh, or yeah, it is the is it the All Star break yeah. yet, yeah. or do we just have a five break? It is right. Yeah, 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 soon, yeah. I know because we have like the five days off. Yeah, it was coming up. Regardless, it's coming up. But uh, yeah, we had a great episode here. It's nice to get back in the booth and uh, and have both of us here. For I know it's been a, a little bit disjointed here recently, but yeah, we'll uh, we'll be back here. Regular episodes here coming for you. So be on the lookout Friday, and uh, yeah, we'll let John close us out. Yeah, thank you everybody again for listening. Very happy to have us back as normal. Uh, Mondays and Fridays, be sure to check out. Tell your friends, families, loved ones about the podcast. Check us out on the socials, active on Twitter. Have some fun stuff over there. Mailbag, email us. Uh, But yes, stay uh, safe, healthy, have fun. And uh, we'll catch you on the next one.